Welcome to the Unfiltered Rise, and today I have a special guest with me, Brandon. How you doing? All right, can't complain. Will you tell our guests a little about yourself for those that haven't been lucky enough to hear you? Because I absolutely love listening to your knowledge. You have a wealth of knowledge, and that's why I asked you on. So, thank you. Um, yeah, basically homeschooler. So that's probably the plus side of all of that. Um, I was born in New England, Connecticut. As um, for I was born in Massachusetts, but lived at most, mostly in Connecticut, Arizona, North Carolina, back to Connecticut. Um, have always had a passion for writing, and really kicked into gear for me when I came back from Florida from a school down there. I was doing a community college, and I came in uh, second place for two statewide annual competitions for writing. And both times was prodded by a teacher. They're just giving me a look like you have potential in my class as comparison to the rest. Is so. One teacher in particular, um, Professor Finkel, was giving me a lot of um, assignments when he was giving homework on uh, ancient literature, spanning from Shakespeare to the, um, the Iliad and all that stuff. And for me, I've always loved not going with the typical assignment, like, you know, just pick this, pick that, that's it. Like, I did a whole thing on the Odyssey <laughs> I wrote the odd essay and I came to a conclusion oh. that is it possible the main character is suffering from PTSD because we see him waking up, waking up, da, da. and he absolutely loved it. He thought it was very brilliant. And he actually was the guy that kind of got me half the way there of how to look between the lines of mythology or quote unquote, how we would apply this to the Bible. Um, the other half of that would be Dr. Michael Heiser. I was going on a walk and a gentleman um, named Mike, he's a veteran down the street from me. And we were having a nice little conversation. He was talking like, you can't tell me that there wasn't some sort of outside help, you know, to put gold on top of the pyramids. He says, there's no way a man could lift that all the way up there. And I was like, okay, that's, that's an interesting <laughs> thing. That's, it's that's true. very, yes. Yeah. <laughs> It, it made me start thinking, and I was like, well, what are we missing in the Bible? And I've always been open. I've never been a very denominationalist person. I'm very independent, very, uh, always been against the grain. That's that's literally just my genetic makeup. And so I eventually got, you know how God leads, I was reading a comment section underneath a, a spooky video or something or other, and somebody mentioned Dr. Michael Heiser's works. And so I picked up a book, and I read it, and... <laughs> Bada boom, bada bing. It started leading to one thing to another. And then I just started seeing similarities with symbolism and the Holy Spirit just started opening up doors. And now I understand a whole portion of the Bible that's contrary to a lot of other scholars, you know, and I, I like I said, I like bringing receipts. I like bringing up um, sources so people can compare contrast for yourself. And again, could I be wrong? Sure. But when you look at the evidence that I provide, it's kind of like a 
Okay. I see that in our everyday culture, that makes a lot of sense. And it connects to Freemasonry, Kabbalah, Catholicism, you name it, the whole shebang. And that's basically where we're at today. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that sounds, it sounds like a wonderful thing because you were able to extract with your knowledge, like more out of it. I'm assuming I haven't, I've heard some of your stuff. I tried not to go too deep because I, I wanted to have something too Absolutely. for surprises, Absolutely. but I know that with Michael Heiser, a lot of people don't always understand where he's going and it's so pertinent, like so much. So I just um, think it's really relevant for people to have that information. And that's like you were saying, like it's, it's so hard for people like you or I really big researchers that just dive into things and then you know, you have to go and split your time somewhere else or do yes. this or do that. And you're trying to help. Like, we're just here trying to help. So, right. That's, right. yeah, I get that. And that's, that's kind of what I was telling Cryptid or uh, was it Josh Monday podcast? I forget who I say what to. I, but I, yeah, said, I get that. <laughs> I said, in essence, what I'm trying to be is between a Gary Wayne and a Michael Heiser, the, the shallow end of the pool. That now when you get to the big boy classes, you've already had basically a prepper course. That's another reason why I chose the name Chorology 101, because it's kind of like an intro to college. It's a nod towards my professor. And I had a friend at camp that one time said, it says, when you go on these little rants of yours, it's like Chorology 101. It's like you're a professor. <laughs> and I was like, I like it. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of, it clicked with me. And I said, that's kind of the burden of my heart and when i wanted when i'm starting my podcast it's the mana daily podcast because awesome. we're using the word as the new mana that we're relying on that and i'm very much against denominationalists where they can't speculate outside of the theological norms yes. the preconceived again this is the stuff that the problems with christ is they just redid it with the new testament Every problem he had when he made a cameo in a temple was because he challenged the preconceived conclusions of the time of a text. And he basically is like, no, this is what that actually means. And they, of course, they didn't like him for that. And that's what new Christians nowadays, if you're experiencing, if you're asking questions and they're throwing stones, you have your answer. You know, you're on the right path. Yep. And Jesus, what did Jesus say about us suffering? We will suffer as he has suffered if we follow yes. him, right? <laughs> yes. God works like mine was with um, Nick Alvier earlier this year. And I did this whole presentation and I felt so bad. Like, again, I'll still recommend the episodes since then. He had found out he has a lot of issues. And because of that, they've utilized him as controlled opposition. So I'd still recommend the episodes for, again, the stuff that I'm relaying. Right. And Not your it, fault. Well, right. And, but the thing is, it was great because it was somebody that at least was giving me open-ended questions. Like, I'm willing to hear what you have to present. And I was on several times and fans ended up loving me. So he kept, he's like, okay, I'm going to keep inviting this guy back. Right. And the first presentation, he was like, this is your first time. And I'm like, yeah. And I was using Facebook because <laughs> I was right. still What do you do when you don't know? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, dude, this is like your first thing ever. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. it. And then the next <laughs> one was uh, far out with Faust. And I did the Lincoln one with the Vatican and that's like up to 14,000 views. And I was like, whoa, I did okay. watch that one. That one was really good, by the way. Thank you. And yes. I was like, okay, maybe there's 
potential for this to actually be a thing um yeah because i, I read a lot i have trivia they don't let me speak at church so maybe <laughs> I, I can, can you imagine if you got up in church and told the real truth people would leave <laughs> and that's i've actually done that i've actually like dropped like a, uh, okay here's a minute 30 boom Yep. they're just staring blankly at me like yep. oh i'm like yeah I, that was too much i'm sorry you're like i'm i apologize i gotta go to the bathroom right right and that's the thing and, and I, as you've heard with cryptid i during the pandemic i was having a really big issue with the pastor because or everybody just in general is that they're instituting these rules of like mass 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 and it was like I, I maybe wore it once maybe twice and even then both times was just no this ain't for me so every yeah. other time i just showed up no mask and the thing that was is that I've been down in junior church since I was 14, just hanging out as an assistant. <laughs> no, not really teaching. Not but he decided to make a, a thing out of it saying, if you're not going to show up regularly as, you know, we can't have that for our teachers. So if you're not going to mm. show up regularly, maybe you should just come upstairs regularly. I said, those kids are the only reason I'm here because right. I have, a, I have a spirit of like, you know, suffer little children come unto me. I love kids. I come from a mm. home and as an orphan background, I love being a big brother. I love filling the role of, the guy that you can come and talk to. And I've had the kids keep on, keep on, they keep, keep coming to me saying like, you're not like the rest of them here. Like they all wear suits and stuff like that, but I feel like I can tell you stuff. Right. And you know, I, I'm not a bureaucracy guy. I'm actually trying to be real. Right. And because of that, I was like, okay, well I can't be fake with my faith. So, and it's ironic because now I have like 8,000 something followers and I'm over here like, Sorry, yeah. advertising yeah. or whatnot you're like oh, i did shit. try to tell you at church i was trying to do this for free <laughs> yes <laughs> yep <laughs> Yay! we got it you guys can have you no see? idea yes i can see Good. and here yes <laughs> you need me to spit on my hands and put some mud on them <gasps> right well, nobody eyes. knows nobody knows what we've gone through <laughs> all right we're happy yeah, even, even with that I was thinking about that whole scenario because I love looking at Bible things with a metaphor of anthropology and symbolism. And I'm thinking, I'm like, he could have just healed him immediately, but why did he right. do it gradually? And when and you start thinking of the requirements, like this, right. bit, yeah, right, weird. Like, can you see this now? Well, how about I yeah. see him like trees walking? It's like, yeah, that's how most of the world is right now. Mm -hmm. Well, They're and it was disgusting too. It was kind of gross. Like, what if he said, no, I don't want spit in my eye, right? right? Right, but, but you're having to accept something, but it's like, all right, what do you see? I see men like trees mm -hmm. walking, because most people don't get it. Most people yes. don't appreciate what I'm doing for you right now. Yes. And that's what yeah. I want you to see right now, because I want you to remember that when you tell yes. this story. Just stuff like that. And like, it's just like, oh, that's wonderful. That's Actually, that's wonderful. And I love stuff like this because I do believe that God works so graciously that way. But also, what does he do? He always, he always wants to see if you really have faith, right? Yeah. That's yes. about faith. That story really was about faith. faith. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to explain the star religion. That could be actually be the title of this um, episode. You know, how it connects awesome. to Nimrod, to Moose, end times. Um, so basically, I'm going to start with a verse that we all know is Revelation 9.13. Um, and talking about when these angels are let out in the end times. Now, if you're already a Christian, you already know about this. The four angels are let loose from under the review Euphrates. First question, how did they get there? 
<laughs> they were sent there. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's where Enoch and kind of fills crap. in the blanks. Yes. I'm going to try to give some validation for this and also compare and contrast as we follow the trajectory for this. Right, do we have our timer set, too? Um, I, it gives us a warning. So okay, when okay. it gets to 10, I'll I'll let you know. Um, so why are the angels bound to the river Euphrates? This Greek word dio, which means bound, is later used for the binding of Satan during the millennium. In, this, uh, in the same way, these angels are said to be bound to the river Euphrates. Why? In the Old Testament, the river Euphrates was along uh, the boundary of the Garden of Eden. When God made his covenant with Abraham, he gave him the land from the Nile of the Euphrates. Osborne writes, in Eden, and one Enoch 56, 5 through 57, the angels were um, of this punishment turned to the east to the Parthians and Medes and get them to attack Israel. This is very similar for these angels that are bound under the great river Euphrates. This language uh, here might explain God is binding the angels from doing more than they are permitted to do at his timing. Later, the river, uh, the river Euphrates dries up so that the kings to the east could conquer the people there. So there's already a passage. I can't remember if it was Zechariah, Isaiah, is one of the major prophets, I believe, that's talking about the four horsemen or the four horses. And you constantly mm -hmm. see them be able to go back and forth from heaven or something like that. Right. Um, I'm not a big theological guy. I'm just trying to fill in some blanks. So if you guys know that, cool. But you want to do a study. I think Heiser did a clip on that. Right. And like, like this thing just states here, they have periodic timing where God allows it for right now. And then I'm going to pull them back, pull them out for right now. And again, if their physical main part is fastened, that means only their spirit was allowed to have like an access to do this at this time or whatever. When we get there, we'll find out what all that meant. Right. Um, a lot of times you'll get somebody like Billy Carson to pop up and he's like my ideal. You let me debate him. We're going to fix a lot of errors here. Um, the Anunnaki, or the space gods that they try to phrase it as, um, they coincide with the Genesis 6, the sons of God. Genesis 6 conspiracy, if you want to get into this a little bit further with Gary Wayne's topic. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, a few little gripes, but nothing major. I'm just filling in the blanks, and I'll explain and iron that out where I think um, I differ from stuff with Heiser and Wayne. Um, and the reason I state that is because when I look at the symbolism compare contrast of the deity telephone game that occurred, like, so this deity is equivalent to this one and this one. Right. And then I start sifting. I get right back to the Tower of Babel every single time. And mm -hmm. it coincides into all the major religions, Catholicism, secret societies, Masonic, Kabbalah, it all traces back to yeah. Babel. But first Enoch 6-2, and the angels and the children of the heavens saw and lusted after them and said to one another, come, let us choose wise from among the children of men and beget us children. Now in Genesis 6-4 states the phrase, the sons of God came down and had affairs with the daughters of men. Just saying it fits. So it gives a little validity to at least the first book of Enoch. Um. First Enoch, again, in chapter 6, happens to coincide with Genesis chapter 6. Granted, I know uh, chaptering was not a thing until almost a couple thousand years later, but I think it's ironic that some of these things fall in place to where they do. Because God's, even though the enemy might get hold of some of his material, when you compare and contrast, you're just like, that is very ironic how that landed where it did. Right. Um, 
And it came to pass when the sons of men had increased that in those days there were born unto them fair and beautiful daughters, and the angels and the sons of heaven saw them and desired them. And they said one to another, Come, let us choose for ourselves wives from the children of men, and let us beget for ourselves children. Now, this is the origin, Genesis, of <laughs> where we get the Nephilim, where we get right. the giants, where we get the cryptids. Um, so when people are skeptic, this is probably would fill in those blanks. Why does the Smithsonian Vatican hide so many of these bones and stuff? <laughs> because it would totally destroy the illusion of the world that they want you to perceive. They don't they want, want you to know his story, not history. Right. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Because this is who they're worshiping. Yes, um, I agree. The Book of Enoch, one Enoch, the older sections of one Enoch, mainly in the Book of the Watchers of the text, is estimated to date from 300 to 200 BC. And the latest part, Book of Parables, probably about 100 BC. So basically, rough that means it was an oral tradition for a long time. They thought it was necessary to keep it. And remember, this is. 50, 60 something odd chapters, maybe 80. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've refreshed it because I could. It's a right. big book and right. it's a lot to digest. Um, a good resource tool is by a guy called Joseph Lumpkin for people that want to look up. It's called the Book of Giants. It's a, it's a worthwhile tool because he compares, contrasts verses from Old Testament, New Testament, and Book of Enoch. Does that show validity? I'm just showing you where it's all at. So it's a nice little compound read. Um, first Enoch is distinct from two and three Enoch. The definition of distinct is recognizably different. The second book of Enoch or second Enoch was written in the later half of the first AD century. And the third book of Enoch was written between the second and fifth century AD. So a lot of times something to weigh and consider is when it is written is very important to consider when you compare and contrast, because this is where we get the books like the, um, Oh, gosh. What's the books that they took out of the Bible? I'm drawing a blank. Oh, the apocryphal books? Apocryphal you. wonderful. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, apocrypha. And you can usually see the BS right away. Mm -hmm. You can sniff it out and say, okay, well, this sounds just like the book of Daniel where they're about to be tossed into the, you know, the fiery furnace. So you can kind of determine, I don't know, it's possible, but leaning on it doesn't, it doesn't pass the sniff test. Enoch okay. passes the sniff test because it fills in a lot of blanks. I'm going to connect how Enoch connects. Which to is exactly why they wanted it taken out. Correct. <laughs> and Correct. It, for people that love the King James Version, which is our big version that most people yeah. identify with, it was yes. the apocryphal books are in the original King James Version. So I don't know why know. people have such a hard time with it, but. It is what it is. <laughs> well, even, even with James, um, get a brave browser, folks. If you do, if you're that, uh, you know, I, I, every time I tell somebody to look something up, they're like, I don't see it on Google. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, you yeah. will find he was a Mason. Yeah. He wrote a he book was. on demonology. I had to still, yeah. I had to still Three. read it. Three. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently it has some passages of debunking demonology. Okay, cool. But <laughs> He there was something going the, on. Yeah. <laughs> joined the Masonic Lodge either in 160102 or 1610 in Spoon in Perth. Mm -hmm. 1611 is when he published. So what yeah. I try to explain to people, some again, I love people that are like so limited on their attention spans. They yeah. saw the slides and they're like, Oh, you're against King James in the Bible. Oh, I gotta unfollow you. You said the uh, bad 
bad thing. You went into the right. wrong book. Yeah. I was like, if you read the inscription, what I was going to explain as I can, because it's a very tricky topic to do, but that's my specialty as a writer to try right. to spruce up my inscription so that you guys can digest this and explain it to cynics is that what I think occurred is that because KJV happens to be in front of every Masonic lodge on the podium when you mm -hmm. first come in. Oh yeah. So there's a reason for yeah. this. And what I think they were doing is yes, everything's accurate. I'll admit, but the word God, Christ, Jesus, blah, blah, blah. They try to be funny with like, oh, they'll be saying Hail Zeus, and they'll be saying this, and gotta, they'll be praising all these ancient deities, and we'll be actually diluting the power. Contrary, I think that backfired on them, because yeah. as I'll be explaining, with Tammuz and Nimrod, they teach this regeneration, reincarnation. Mm -hmm. But what did Christ do? I came back in the flesh. You saw me already as this. You know it's me. Those other guys, they're frauds, and mm -hmm. I just proved them that. So, basically debunking the occult by showing them in their face that is it, he usurped all former titles and positions that they had. So, when I'm saying, like, okay, if you're going to get freaked out, oh, what's the real name of God and stuff like this? He usurped all the titles. As far as I'm right. concerned, I don't think it's going to matter. Does it sound kind of silly? Yes, but if you want to get in the nitty-gritty, but again, we're Gentiles. We speak the Gentile tongue. God knows where our heart is. And the main thing he's caring about, do you believe in my son and do you believe... And God or whatever. Where is your intention? Um, yes. Where is your intention? Yep. Correct. Correct. I and agree. Leave this story. So that's mm -hmm. why again, that's why I wrote in the inscription, but everybody was like, oh wow, you're, you're amen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. My best because we have skeptics, and I'm trying my right. best. How would I answer that if someone Put asked me with that question? Yeah. Um. So again, some of the stuff I can't pronounce, but I'm showing you in the slides. So if you want to look it up and you know, pronounce it correctly. Be my guest. <laughs> but is it Kobakli Tepe? World's first uh, astronomical yeah. observatory, roughly 12,000 years ago. Um, sometimes what I do as a trick is either take away a zero at the end if it seems a little bit too far or wherever. Is it possible? I have two theories on that. Um, how old the, the world is. Let's say that the day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day quite possible potentially that the earth was 5,000, 6,000 years old and God was just showing off to the council in heaven saying, do you see how cool that is? He says, I want to do something <laughs> even cooler now. I want to throw man in there. I want to make him in our image. Blah, blah, blah. So I think that's potentially how we could get a possible 12. So when Adam comes on the scene, it's already been about 6,000 years. So now between the time of Adam to us, it's another like 6,000 years, almost 7,000. Again, I don't really know as we already know with D and the Catholic church. And well, I'll be touching on that. You're going to, you're going to love how this connects to the Bible. Awesome. Um, they, they try to dilute the time and our, whatever perception we have of it. Cause then if we don't know how much time we got left on the clock, then we're not going to be prepared. We're not going to be seeking our potential of tapping into the Holy spirit. Absolutely. Um, great. And they know this, they know this. And also they can kind of, speed up the timeline in their perverse thinking they're constantly messing with everything with yes. the mandela everything i mean we just we we have to be more astute in our time frame right absolutely yeah absolutely good stewards yes good stewards of our time um with the evidence of the fallen angels islam catholicism hindu as you can see they all have prayer beats uh, moreover this is again from chapter eight of Enoch. 
Azazel taught men to make swords, knives, shields, and breastplates, the fabrication of mirrors, and the workmanship of bracelets and ornaments, the use of paint and beautifully beautifying the eyebrows, the use of stones and of every valuable and select kind, and the source of dyes that would um, the world became altered. So when I explained on the other podcast, I think with with uh, Cryptid, I can't remember again, right. but religion stems from two words, reli, for R-E-L-I, and jion, or jin, G-I-O-N-J-I-N-N. Mm-hmm. When you put those two together, rely on dark spirits. Yep. So you're relying basically on the spirits of these fallen angels and or giants that passed. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to explain to people. So when you're saying religion versus faith, I'm like, well, yeah, I don't really do religion either. I thought nope. you said you're a religious person. No, person trying to do faith. If yes. I'm relying on dark spirits, which you do, that's why what I'm trying to explain to people is like, well, I'm Catholic, so aren't we exactly the same? No. Right. No. And right. I hate to break it to them that way, but it's like I can show you all the symbolism-wise and how you trace back to Babel, whereas mine is trying to strive for something far greater than anything in Babel. Mm-hmm. Or the Bastards of Babylon. That was actually my first episode with Nick Alvier, was Bastards of Babylon. Uh, and I tried to use that terminology because everything has become bastardized from that. And I even call Protestant pastors, they're Protestant priests, in essence. Right. Um, as you can see here on the right, we have the great magician or the magician. You'll note on the table, he's got the pentagram on there. And the Euroboros. Now notice Aleister Crowley's name on the card tarot deck there. Mm-hmm. Thoth. And I'm going to be showing you slides how Thoth connects to Hermes, Hermes is Thoth. And what I connected that Gary didn't um, is that Hermes most likely was Tammuz. And I have enough substantial evidence to come to this conclusion. Because he's basically Christ pagan doppelganger. And I think that he's going to be the son of perdition that we get eventually in Revelation. And it uh, might be among us. Again, I'm going to be showing some stuff that's going to be like, whoa! It's, it's kind of crazy. When, <laughs> Yay! Yeah, I love it. It, it, it kind of made me go, that's a lot of coincidences. Um, <laughs> but anyways, the, the Fallen Watchers came down. They taught, man, all this perverseness. And I'm going to read this little excerpt from Gary Wayne's book, so I give him credit for this. Um, How then did Nimrod receive all the sacred sciences in the Enochian religion? From the Antiluvian world, how did Nimrod utilize the knowledge of the corrupted seven sacred sciences and the vile pantheistic religions from the Antiluvian world? Hermes, or Hermes, um, of course, discovered and translated the degenerated data from Enoch's uh, hieroglyphics, which were etched into the twin towers constructed by Lamech's children. All the reprehensible evil Noah witnessed before the flood then came back to haunt Noah in his later years. The twin evils, spurious knowledge, and the Nephilim both fell at the hands of the tyrant of Shinar from the detriment of the post-Diluvian society. The impact of the forbidden knowledge did not remain inert. Nimrod reactivated the corrupt knowledge um, with all of his heart and his soul. This is why Genesis 10 recorded anything a humankind could conceive was then attainable. Even though the people of Shinar did not possess the heavenly wisdom to apply this spurious knowledge from only the good of humankind, the seven spurious sciences are purposefully so powerful that anything is possible through their application. 
And then to this end, the craft legends recorded Nimrod was a Mason who loved the spurious sciences. Um, so again, we get a little bit of the thing where it's like, okay, so we have Nimrod and he's saying, I see myself as a reincarnated God, Ninurtu, which was the son of Enlil. And if you look it up, you'll find like an archer and all this stuff. That was the variation of Nimrod's name was Gilgamesh Dionysus. Um, or Dion uh, You always can look, pronounce it anyway. I've, I've heard it a lot, so I'm just not going to keep it with what I pronounce it as. Um, but there's several variations and variants and equivalents. And remember, the way to, to try to comprehend all of this is that after Babel, they couldn't speak the name as originally. So what happened? They had variants. They had equivalents. Right. But they had the symbolism as the number one thing that kept them connected. Because everybody mm -hmm. still remembered the art. So they all wanted to go back to what that was. Um, now we're going to be gradually shifting over to understanding what the symbolism of the stars are supposed to represent. And Paramount Pictures logo, again, I'm probably going to do a post again on this. Go Paramount but, with the Mount yes. Hermon. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> they uh, are... Mount Hermon, where the fallen angels landed. Yes. Uh, pay close attention to the logo. And again, you'll count the stars. It's supposed to be the equivalent of the number of angels that fell. Um, the coordinates of it is 33. This is why there's 33 degree levels mm -hmm. in masonry. Um, yeah. And I'll be explaining how that does connect to Nimrod's son, Tammuz. Um, but again, some people will be like, well, actually, uh, you know, the uh -huh. star of David represents, uh, you know, Solomon or whatever. And well, true. And then you'll get other people that will say, well, I mean, it's an alchemy term. Ah, uh -huh. yes. But what do we just talk about with the seven sacred sciences? Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So as above, as below, I know the secrets of the universe. I could become my own God if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I don't need the creator. So you're getting right. the mentality of Azazel or Satan now being shifted and transferred into man with the idea I can become like a God. So the lie that was given to Eve is still very potent. It's still possible according to what they're thinking here. And this is exactly what God is saying. I don't want you to follow what they're doing. Stop that. Mm -hmm. Why did I do the flood? You're not getting this. Right. Um, I've destroyed so, everything you've tried to, to deal with like that. I destroyed like, everything you loved for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like get with me here. Yeah. Yes, with the program um so again we have ashtaroth Karnam. i uh, probably butchering this pronunciation but was mentioned uh under this name in the book of genesis genesis 14 5 and in the book of joshua 12 4 where did ashtaroth come from is that just something random nimrod's wife is the basis way to sum this up for mm -hmm. people um, Semiramis, you can look it up on the Witch Coven website. You can look it up on um, Amazon if you so mm -hmm. choose. Want to purchase a shirt? I would recommend. If you it. if um, you want a table with it on it, John has one. <laughs> no, <Right>. thank you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh gosh, but yeah. Um, so Penta, little John D table, <laughs> right? Oh, I, I have I have him coming up with how he connects to all. Of yes, this. yes. Um, but Penta 5G, Penta means five in Latin, mm -hmm. G, what does what, what a G stand for? You're not supposed to know that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that not for you. 
No, right. if you, you listen to Cryptid, you'll see how all of this connects to what I think is a very plausible theory for end times. And it's it's kind of spooky, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool how that all interconnects right. It goes right back to Genesis, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Ashtaroth, her name was Semiramis, Isis, um, Athor, Ishtar, Ashtarate. You'll be seeing with some other slides. And again, it's important because this means then that Nimrod's wife was the first witch ever recorded in the bible yeah and that's something very important to resonate because i'll be showing how that's very relevant to remember mm -hmm. um what is ashtaroth backstory and by the way thank you because while i was compiling this stuff <laughs> i sometimes i do a little google thing because i'm like is there anything i can use to try to fill in a blank of something i might not be able to explain to her verbally so i started doing some research and i was like okay i finally found out what her avatar was because I knew Nimrod saw himself as Ninurtu. I know that Tammuz, the sun, saw himself as Azel incarnate. So who was Ashtaroth? And apparently, according to the Judaic lore, he was a high-ranking angel. And again, maybe he wasn't a he. I'm saying that because a woman decided to take this on. Or she was kind of mm, either one of the seraphim or the mm -hmm. prince of thrones prior to his fall. Ashtaroth is a grand duke, a treasurer of hell and commands 40 legions of demons. Ashtaroth also features as an archdemon associated with the Kthoth, according to later Kabbalistic texts. You can mm -hmm. find that on uh, demonparadise.fandom.com. Um, again, other variations of her name. What is she the goddess of? She is Ashtarte. She is Ashtaroth. She is Ishtar. Easter is where we mm -hmm. get this from. She's known as the Queen of the Heaven, to whom the Canaanites burned offerings and poured libations in Jeremiah 44. Ashtarte, goddess of war and sexual love, shared so many qualities with her sisters, Anath, sister Anath, that they may have originally have been seen as a single deity. Now, that is important to remember, to at least put a pin on that. Anath is possibly another variant of Hathor, which means the estate of Horus, and I'll be showing that later. I think it was actually one deity, or possibly it was an aunt, but they just separated her, then they merged the two or whatever. It was a really weird, kinky family. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's what happens when you marry, you know. You intermarry. Like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, go ahead, go to your aunt and do some weird stuff. We don't care. Yep. Um, but again, that was, a, that was the symbology of Nimrod's religion and faith, is doing perverseness, middle fingers to God. That was the essence of that. So when you're getting somebody that's um, trying like to use every the gross thing, yeah, every yeah. single thing, yes, the, the, the pan well, and uh, we'll use it there because they can't figure that one out, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Queen Esther, again, something else is a little trivia for people. Um, her name is a variant of Ashtarte and Ashtaroth. So it's kind of like when Daniel and his friends got new names when they went to Babylon. She got an equivalent or the spelling variation thereof of Ashtarte or Ashtaroth. Guess who else gets new names? Ooh. The Masons and the Mormons when they go through the temple. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, I thought they you might like that. Temple, yeah. <laughs> I usually try not to get too in there and interrupt, but that one I no, thought no, you might find absolutely. interesting. <laughs> I love dialogue. I feel bad at the end of Cryptid because I'm like, any questions? They're just going. They're probably just trying to process. Yeah, they were. They're just standing there, like dumbfounded. I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm like, they're... I did that at my church, except I just did like an hour or something with these guys. Yep. I feel so bad. 
they went home and cried was like okay we got to figure this out later no just kidding i love them (laughs) just saying yes i love those men i love them yes oh they're hilarious when i told him about john d's mirror he threw his phone i hope it didn't shatter Because I told him he was, he really threw it at a wall. It was actually hilarious. I'm going to, I'm going to have to put the video out because it's so funny. I I was like, oh my gosh. And it was legit. He was, he's like, like, you know, it was a crystal mirror. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, it was obsidian. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, what does LCD stand for? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like liquid crystal display. What color is your phone? And he just chucked it at the wall. Oh, oh yeah. wait! Is that the intro to their podcast? If, I don't know. May, I but didn't I see which like one they Something. It was hilarious. Oh gosh. Oh, Anyways, gosh. Um, it's the Persian word for star, Esther, which mm-hmm. is going to connect to some of this other stuff. Again, very coincidental. I find mm-hmm. it coincidence. Very. I think not. Nothing um, is coincidence. Actually, I think my next slide explains this. Uh-huh. Can you see all the slides? Because one of them does not yes. show through. Uh, well, so far. Top one, upper left. Let's see. Have a participation. Oh, there's, yeah, there's nothing up on the... Doesn't show? The, it just says King James Bible and then the Forbidden Tree. Forbidden Okay, so it did not show. Uh, anyways, it's there. We can, it's there. There's <laughs> something there. Uh, but anyways... Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of the heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Um, astrology, Ashtaroth, I find it very ironic that they're so coincidentally mm-hmm. similar. You heard that probably on Cryptid anyway. I gave him a couple so, of scares. Yeah, so good. <laughs> it, it, well, it's like when you look into the etymology of things, it's like you can't be duped. And even if they're trying to say, oh, that's not true, like I just was trying to look up um horus with mm-hmm. um power and they're saying oh it does not stem from horus blah 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 but i'm like as i'm okay. reading further further <laughs> down it's talking about it has a connotation to the roman and the greek whatever and the seasonal changes and i was like therefore that would connect to horus because it connects to soul invictus and it connects to this so therefore yes mm-hmm. yep um yep. <laughs> but again oh you know, it, for me it's like yeah it's a sifting game but anyways um, this is from Drawn to Him, so I'm giving him credit for this one. He's an Instagram uh, buddy of mine. And um, the Babylonians believed in the tree of truth, synonymous with the forbidden tree of knowledge mentioned in Genesis 2.17. And the tree of life was said to guard the eastern gate of the heavens. Remember, eastern, that's connecting to mm-hmm. the Euphrates. This cosmic tree was where the Babylonians' primal mother goddess lived, connecting to the underworld. I'm not going to bother to pronounce it. The mortal realm of Enlil, the heavenly realm of An. The river tree was placed against, played uh, a role as well, as the waters here were home to Ea, the god of life. Since these symbols are exactly counter to God's notions of truth, life and death in the heavens, this is why he forbids his people from including them in worship, supposedly honoring him. Now, this is in the same passage of Jeremiah 10, 1 through 5. So I'm not going to go too heavily on it because I already covered this with Josh Mondays, mm-hmm. with Reets and whatnot. Um, but you guys can see it where they're talking about the Christmas trees. You see it in Egypt. You see it. Then I'm using these particular pictures because that's going to connect to Tammuz. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Let's see. We got here. Tammuz. Let's see. <laughs> the Lord spoke again. So 
why I'm bringing up the tree thing, because Heiser is saying it has nothing to do with paganism. Now, contrary, I don't know how everybody just skips over these verses, so I think it's like almost selective, you know, passage. But it's always bringing up groves to Ashtaroth and Baal. Groves to Ashtaroth and Baal. They're worshipping in the groves. Um, Why is that? Well, if you go with Mithras or a couple of the other variations, it's always affiliated with being born in a cave, emerged from a rock, a stump of a tree. This has something to do with giants. If you're reading the Genesis 6 conspiracy with Gary Wayne, he was talking about how there's a connotation between trees and access to heaven or achieving a higher self. So there's a reason why they're using that symbolism. Um, So the Lord spoke this word to Gideon. Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. Again, I'm showing you where you can look this up. Um, then we have groves again mentioned in Second Kings, and this says 23.6 here in the grove. The Hebrew word is Asherah. Astroth, astrology, mm-hmm. we're seeing a connotation here. There seems to be a connective link. Um, there are indications the tree stumps in these groves were carved with various lewd figures and that the prostitute priestesses and priests of Baal led ritualistic sexual activities in the groves, thereby encouraging the worshippers to do likewise. And like you were just saying with the cell phone, mm-hmm. what is that doing? It, it's just, we have a new idol is your screen your shrine? Because we took out all the little pagan idols and constructed, and we placed it with plastic, we placed it with crystal or whatnot. We're having a substitute that still emanates the same thing. If anything, this is better because while wood, yes, was a conduit, this is a thousand times more potent for them. That's why they like interfering with it because this is the thing that gives them energy to somewhat have a life and a body back. Which well, and it's listen- so insidious anyways. I mean, yes. people are, if yes. it was, a, if somebody had to go chop down a tree and make an idol, they're probably not going to do that. But to just have an idol already placed in your hand and you're not taught about it, it's easy right. to be led astray. Absolutely. And especially all this knowledge and stuff like that. Yep. And what are most people striving when they're on the internet? They're looking for this thing. They're looking for that thing. Mm-hmm. They're looking for consumption. They're looking for, you know, you're not consulting God. And that's why mm-hmm. I came up with the phrase, don't say God is silent when your Bible is closed, but your browser is open, you know, or your yes. browser is open and your Bible is closed. Yes. Um, because that's what people are doing. Ultimately, is it, can we still utilize it for what we're doing right now with a podcast? Right. Yes. And that's we why have they interview so much. Yeah. Yes. We're we're in a horrible situation. It's like, okay, people want to say that, or they talk about makeup, or they talk about whatever. And I'm like, okay, listen, if you're gonna be that literal, you literally can't live. It in the days of Noah, like back in the day, they still had to use a pen and ink. Okay. Yes. But they wrote a different thing, you know, and it is all forbidden knowledge, every single bit of it. We weren't supposed to have anything to do with any of this, but here it is now. And we're surrounded. What are you going to do? Go live in a cave? Like, even then, if you claim the cave as your own, you're blaspheming because it's yours, right? So, at some point, yeah, you've got worshippers, yada, yada, yada. Yep. (laughs) So, now, let's connect this to Tammuz. 
And if you're looking up, trying to find out where Tammuz is mentioned in the Bible, because it's like, oh, you're just pulling something out of your butt. No, no, no. <laughs> mentioned in uh, Ezekiel 8.14. Very potent, because when you compare a lot of stuff from mm -hmm. Jeremiah and Ezekiel, right before they go to Babylon, you're constantly being condemned. And they're constantly calling out all of this paganism. And everybody's just like, oh, they're just talking about the ancient gods and the stuff they just created. And yada, yada. I says, no. God's saying you still have the spirit of worshiping Babel. You still have the spirit of worshiping all these things and the traditions of men. And this is the stuff I've been telling you not to do. Um, and a lot of people don't seem to be grasping that as a concept. Because if we actually understand that Nimrod's family still have an influence on the culture, then we understand how they still have an influence in our modern day society. Um, but anyways, pine cones... Well, as a fun trivia fact, they were originally given mm. out before hearts. Hearts are originally stemming from Babel or Baal worship. A lot of people don't know that. I could do another. I'm prepping another one oh, for yeah. Saturday. This one is like complete. I saw this and I was like, this makes complete sense. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> um, but pine cones are symbolic in that they were a life cycle of a pine tree begins. And conversely, where new life begins. Mm -hmm. Many reliefs um excavated at mesopotamian sites to pick gods or super beings holding a bucket in one hand and a pine cone in the other it is clear that the pine cone was dipped into the bucket and was used to sprinkle a substance sometimes blood as a depiction of tammuz a winged babylon deity associated with regeneration so you can kind of see where it traces and the other ones from ecuador uh, i didn't have time to pick up that slide but you'll find right. literally over here on this side of the continent of South America and all the way over here in Mesopotamia, a couple thousand miles. And yet this is consistent thing that people still remembered. The mm -hmm. influence of, that of Nimrod's family was very potent. It was very powerful and people believed it. So we can't just say, oh, it's nothing is no, because you right. see the symbolism has had a migrational aspect. It's still held on despite the languages being changed. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you saw that post, but where it was talking about the ironic part is where all the nations are separated by the tongue versus when we get into Acts and all the nations are now hearing the gospel in their own native tongue. There was a right. complete reversal of what happened at Babel and that was of God through the Holy Spirit to be activated to reach other people. That is a phenomenal significance right there. There's a spiritual warfare of Christ going up against his doppelganger and all of his variants in other cultures. Um, but you'll also note that the pine cone happens to be a little bit of a replica of the all-seeing eye or the pineal gland. They want to have control over your hearts and minds. You look up in Egyptian mythology, they believed... Excuse me. Um, they believed a lot of the culture where life stemmed from the heart the mind and all that stuff it was it was a very fluid interchangeable but mainly the heart but they want to have control over your hearts and minds if they can control your mind they can control your heart mm -hmm. that's why where jeremiah writes you know the heart is deceitfully wicked who can know it that's that's some stuff he's referring to but when you're seeing the all-seeing eye on top of a pyramid connecting to the masonic aspect of things that is supposed to be i can ascend to become like a god myself that's what that equals. And that's because of the knowledge that I know, the hidden knowledge that the masses do not know. Again, you've probably seen it on the dollar bill. 
But there's a reason why they have the pyramid there. It's a little Masonic nod of, <laughs> you guys don't know. And the eagle, a falcon, it's an interchangeable bird of prey. But it all traces back to Nimrod or Horus. You'll see it on the IRS. You'll see the um, Masonic compass in Israel. You'll see it at the IRS itself, another Masonic pyramid-looking thing. And then the Israeli Supreme Court happens to have the all-seeing eye of Horus atop it. Um, the thing to note about money is that when I'm telling people that Tammuz had a great influence in taking after his father, he's likely the one that taught us cuneiform. He's the one that taught us astrology. He's the one that taught us a lot of um, elemental and alchemy aspects of things. And he's most likely the individual that instituted coinage as a way of currency. Um, and this is significant because when we get Christ confronted by the Pharisees, you know, should I pay taxes to the government or should I, you know, and what, is, what does he do? He says, you know what, to paraphrase, you give unto your government what's expected of you right now, because that's what they want. That's a worldly expectation. But don't mm -hmm. lose your priority focus on your spiritual focus to God the Father. And they're looking at him like, okay, <laughs> that was a backfire. Uh, okay, checks out, actually. Yes, that's basically what he told them in essence. And it's phenomenal that he used money. And he's talked about the love of money as the root of all evil because it used to be a very much of a bartering culture until we get to the Knights Templar because they're the originators of banks. But it was a lot of it more so was a bartering culture. Is like, yes, money is an option, but also you're able to work with wood. I happen to have two cows and some chickens. I'm going to give you a gallon. Of, you know, it was more of a, a barter in trade. This is how trade and commerce, which is our, our hidden language um, that we speak. That's where it became a thing because we were, it was international trade. That's where the sigil of the Caduceus staff is affiliated with this. It was the, the, the Herald's wand is what it's referred to as. But here um, by at least the sixth century BC, Hermes is portrayed as having a staff known as the Caduceus. This was a symbol of peace, and it was meant to demonstrate that the herald Hermes was also um, inviolable deity. I think I'm butchering that one. And originally, <laughs> the Caduceus was a rod or simply an olive branch. So again, note the olive branch that is in the eagle's um, claw. And by the way, I never thought of that before. That was the Holy Spirit telling me to tell you that. Wow. Um, <laughs> these were intertwined with garlands or ribbons. Garland is an equivalent of a crown, corona, if you want to look it up in Latin. Mm -hmm. Later, these became serpents in the iconography of Hermes. The caduceus was shown winged and entwined with two snakes, two. Um, this was symbolized the speed of the herald of the Olympians. The snake was the high symbolic in the ancient world, and many indicate the divinity of Hermes. Over time, the staff became to represent all trades and professions associated with um, the gods Mercury and Hermes. Um, it was also used as symbolized the planet Mercury in late antiquity. Hermes is believed to have invented coinage, so his staff was often used to sy symbolize commerce. Uh, considered a great orator, Hermes and his caduceus became symbol of orators. So yeah, there's a little um, trivia bomb for you. And I just connected the olive branch thing. I was like, that's very odd. That hmm. I never noticed that before, but you know how he works. Yep. Um, yep. But once again, 
connecting to Horus, <laughs> connecting to Tammuz. Again, Nimrod's son, not Nimrod, which a lot of other theological scholars seem to speculate that Nimrod's going to be the one that comes back. Contraire, I'm like, I I, I think more so the son, because the son was ten times better than the father. He's worse. Um, well, and who did God send? Like, even though I know we do Trinity, but the son, right? right? So, why? I mean, he's going to replicate. I explain the Trinity aspect of how I don't buy it. Because you're saying that God is basically a, a, a schizophrenic ventriloquist. Because <laughs> one minute you get him going, this is my beloved son in whom I will please. Next minute you have him on the cross saying, Father, why, you know, into my hands I commit his spirit. Or, you know, like, why, why persecute You know, and, you're, and it's like, well, either he's cuckoo and he thinks he's two <laughs> people at once. In which case, I totally understand you're a cynic of Christianity. You're right. It sounds like a book. Or... It's a lot more symbolic. It's like, I actually put my own skin in the game. It's immaculate seed. So when we're now married, we now have access to get to the other side. It was broken. It, the mm -hmm. spell was reversed so that we can now have access to eternity. This is why they're scared of us because we're becoming now sons of God. So when Heiser was trying to explain it, saying, oh, you know, this is not about physical people. So it's not going to be about people. Right. When he's talking about the judgment. It's like, yeah. Because guess what? It's basically going up to the, you know, of, um, what do you call it? When you kick somebody out of the military. Oh, AWOL. <clears throat> AWOL. Or... Oh. Um, anyways, when you start ripping off all their special right. medals and whatnot, who's that going to? Right. Well, you guys aren't going to be using it where you're going. I'm going to cast you right back down to where you were. And I'm going to throw all your followers in with you because they chose not to come up here. I, I, I offered them this. Mm -hmm. but I'm going to get those to those who were proving loyalty to me, to the wake bridesmaids that were sounding yes. the alarm, the ones that were being the new watchers. We were right. actually watching and sounding the alarm of the threat that is at hand. So that's yeah. where I'm seeing it where it's like, yeah, because there's now an exchange going on where it's like now you are actually having the chance to put on those robes and take on a new position, a new council position because you proved Well, I think it's so funny that people can't see it like, okay, why is money like this is difficult to print okay hmm. i've been to the u.s treasury and watched them this is not simple this is like a whole deal so mm -hmm. if it was so simple why would it have all this crap on it if right. it didn't mean something right? right everything means something just like you've said and contrary to most people's beliefs um the religion that America was founded on because people were being persecuted and came mm -hmm. here. It was it wasn't religion at all. It was right. Freemasonry. <laughs> right. Right. And if Absolutely. you yeah, if you figure it out, it all makes sense because then right. the notes make sense and the things make sense and the worship makes sense and it's just all of it. And people have such a hard time. I'm like, well, because the government loves you so much. Why is this so hard for you to like? I don't I don't understand. You know, like. What has the government done for you that showed you the love so much that you can't right. even open your mind to just hear this, you know, right. just to hear right. it, you know, make your well, conjecture like, after. Did you see my um, story the other day? Which one? It was the one where I was uh, giving out the compound etymology of the word soldier. No, I must have. That must have been because of the holidays. Look it up under my sh shared stories. I save it now as insta <laughs> okay. violations because it's funny for me. Um <laughs> But they took it down in less than 34 seconds. Oh, my God. I literally screenshotted it immediately when they say you can't, you know, in an appeal. It's like, well, that's basically a middle finger because I can't appeal. Yeah, it's not going to um, And the guy was saying, oh, somebody must have reported it. I said, no. I said, dude, this was in less than 34 seconds. It, it was I, immediate. No yeah. vulgarity. 
no insults, no threats, but against their community standards. Because I pointed out, first four letters of soldier, sold. Yep. Sold your yep. independence, your, your, you know, your, your mindset to become a uniformed ideology. Mm -hmm. and, and then I added mm -hmm. that, um, I said, we're basically, America's military is basically mercs in uniform. And they're going out doing the bidding of their handlers. Well, I said, and, and they're not. And they and and I don't have disrespect for for people in the military. You have to understand right. this is at higher level. Right. It's right. just like the Mormons right. I know that are still my family members that are great people, but yes. the high up people are not. You right. know, they, they, they use you as cannon fodder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but my, people my get first, really offended. You know, my first thing I ever published was a <laughs> poem on a soldier going through PTSD because I was feeling the same elements with my thought life at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so don't. Like I want to tell people, don't tell me. I'm, no, I res I respect a soldier, yes. but I do not respect the ideology or the people no. controlling him. And again, no. I was quoting a, a major general, Smedley D. Butler, wrote this 1920s, 30s, "War is a racket." He says, "I was a gangster for capitalism." That was enough. That was the end of my comments. It just don't become a soldier. Like you're lost into something, and yep. that was enough for them to say, "No, we don't want you." To. I'm like. Am I that influential? Showing <laughs> a compliment. So small. <laughs> right, right. But again, that's a violation for them because if people start thinking like that, then they don't want to pick up the rifle. Right. I'm totally. I'm more so for you know militia or self defense, but I'm not so much for the. I have to immediately go over there because you tell me so, or this one's the enemy because you tell me so. You know. Well, and you told you said something on one of your um, podcasts. It was about like. Uh, what you said about you were talking about presidential elections or whatever and you said i'm a, i'm into christology or christ something yes. with the politics and i said that is so good because i always feel horrible because i i have a lot of people in my family my brother died he was in the navy with ptsd stuff and mm. <clears throat> like all these people in my family members that are in the military or retired it's not them but i do have a feeling of anarchy not against not against you, not against what you did or served, or it's beautiful thought, but it is not how it is anymore. It's right. a lie. Because God's not a God of countries, but of his people. Yeah. And I have a hard time because my son is like very awake and he's like, mom, I'm not doing the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. And I'm like, you will get your butt out of the seat because of the respect. But I agree, you shouldn't have to pledge to anything but God. Like, right. Right. it's sticky, right? <laughs> then you look like a jerk and uh, <laughs> well that's oh even the thing. They're, they're doing a thing at church where they like you know they stand to read and for me i have a hard time doing it because the guy that's telling me to stand is the one that kicked me out from service oh my gosh you're well, like, i literally sit uh... down and everybody looks at me and i'm like i don't <laughs> care if they want to ask i'm gonna say why am i sitting because my heart's still downstairs yeah and if they want to yeah. ask why i was kicked out i will tell you right but nobody bothered to ask and that's what i'm laughing and no and i was down there for 14 years that one person asked me, when am I coming back or why I left? Wow. Yeah. Laughed, See, I'm like, yeah. And that's in a small organization. So if you put that on a large organization like government or army yes. or military, and it's not, it's not the people. They're really good people that really yes. believe in their cause. But like this is corrupt at the top. Yes. yes. There's no other Walter way. Walter Heath phrased it beautifully when he was talking about Catholics and Muslims um, in one of his lectures. And he says, billions of beautiful people that are just deceived because the ones at the top are controlling it. And yeah. this is why I said, I think it was encrypted, but um, 
I like giving quotes because I think it's nicer so people can relate and just like repeat it because it's easy and concise. Yes. I said there's two major religions in this world, and one is trying desperately to keep their followers asleep while the other is trying to earnestly wake them up. Yeah. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And we're in this weird place the we are the watchers we're watching it happen and we're trying to help and and it and it's hard sometimes because it's really not um it's not the best place to be like i can't remember i can't remember the name of the guy that told the king about if he went to um battle that he it was i think started with an M, but anyway i always say i feel like him because he he was the only one that stood up to the king and said if you if you go to war you're going to die. Yes. And then they threw him in jail and let him die there. And I'm like, I kind of get it. Like, I understand this guy because like he was the only one brave enough and he was trying to help. Like at the yes. end of the day, what did he gain? He could have lied and just went home. Right. Yes. And, and he didn't. And then you stand up and then he just got the same punishment anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard sometimes, but. But people remember called. again, what happened? You remembered that story. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't yeah. die in vain. That's where that's yep. where I, I tell people is look at that yep. stuff. Yep, because because um, we may not get our rewards here <clears throat> on Earth, right? Absolutely, and, and that's so why that's I tell rough. people is like I I really don't care about what happens. Um, in in the physical sense, I have I have a higher right. calling. Again, like I said, it was my political compass. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Yep, and I love elements that. that I share, but it's not, I'm part of a party. It's just, that's, yes. that's my personality. And I look up the definitions and I'm very much about sifting and like, Me, yeah. Yep. Why does me. this mean? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And who am I? I? And how do I apply this? And why, what could I teach from this perspective? And, and that's the thing is like, if you challenge. That's why they didn't kid, want you with the kids, you know. Right. You know that, right? Because you're molding future people. And oh, opening yeah. their mind at the critical time, not at the closed time. How hard is it to open a shut mind versus how easy is it to open an open mind, right? Yes. Like yes. it's our, it's like a lock. It's hard to open a door with a lock, but if, if right. it's not locked, you just turn the key, like you just turn the doorknob. So exactly. whoever was keeping you from that calling there, that was purposeful. I'm sorry. No, I, and I I know it. And the thing is, he he's, he's pastor is very frequent with using the phrase, "I'm sorry you feel that way." And I looked just looked it up the other day. That's and a I was crap like, oh, therapy term. Yes, that's a crap it's, it's therapy a term. I'm sorry. It's a manipulative term. As and a I'm mental like, health nurse, and I'm sorry, like that's rude of me to say, but some no. mental health stuff is not. It doesn't help people. It's, it's that doesn't good. help anyone. Like if yes. you're having a fight, if I'm fighting with you and I say, you're being a jerk and and you say, I'm sorry, you feel that way. What did we just accomplish? Nothing. Right. Instead like, oh, of like, it's, it's your hey, fault for feeling that way. Yeah. It's not How, my fault. What, can, what did I do to you? Like, that's a different, right. better thing. Like, hey, Brandon, what did I do to you? Can I fix it? Like, right. or whatever. Right. But I nobody wants to you. fix it. Nobody right. wants to fix anything anymore. And that's the you sad know. part. And, and yeah. again, I, 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 I always compare and contrast. <laughs> I don't want to be seen like a narcissist. And I always compare and contrast. I'm like, I've literally gone to him and apologized for stuff. And sometimes right. I wasn't even in the wrong. Personally, think like again, there's pride to consider. But I've gone to him and I've apologized for either the way I said something or the misunderstanding. Right. And yet he's still the one that will always, it's your fault for that. It's your fault right. for that. I'm like, like and it's I funny. get that because I am estranged from my daughter and this is, this is kind of where we're at. Like, it's like, yeah. I will go to her and I'll, every year or two years, I'll be like, 
just please like anything I'll, I'll, I'll try anything like do you want to go therapy you want to do this you want to do that you want what do you want me to do i'll apologize for everything like right. I, I guess i was bad in every single way like I, I literally would eat crow on every level because i just love her and miss her right and and it, and then after you do that it's still not enough right and then you get a just spiral you know and and you still would do it again because like right. i don't have pride I'm like you, like, like maybe you do on some level, but if he really would fix it, if you broke down the pride, I, I feel yeah. like just talking to you, you would. I've literally, again, I, I'm one of those guys. I don't care if I'm crying in front of you. <clears throat> yeah. I, if you seem to cry is to care. If you yeah. see me crying, it's because I literally care this much about you yeah. and I hate his guts. And I've told people I hate his guts, but at the end of the day, I'd still take a bullet for him or anyone. Right. Cause you love I him on yes. a different level. Yes. As, and I said that's all because brother. of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Otherwise, I would have just no. So no. it's why you wouldn't even still be there. You would just leave for heaven's sake. Yes. yes. <laughs> and like when I show up, I, I I'm sorry. Like, I had to get personal from... there with no. you because I could good. see it and feel it, and I just wanted you to know that. Like I, I that's, that's Holy Spirit about. to you. Yeah. That that was done purposeful, and that had nothing. I don't in my heart. I don't believe that was you. I believe right. that was keeping you from a higher purpose because he wants to be the savior and those people right. with that savior complex that's dangerous you that's can only present the there. info yeah. right like right you be your own savior here's what i have right right that's different and i laugh because when you were saying that is like i i still will see a kid like two years later they'll show up from the bus or something like that and they'll come over and give me a hug Mm -hmm. And I'll get people giving looks like, Who's this? is that somebody he's dating? Or something? You know, <laughs> some of them are now growing up to be teens, but they still remember <laughs> me. They still remember the chats that we've had. They still like it because I'm real. Right. I don't it, but people hooking. do not know how to understand that. You do realize right. that, right? And I then, posted that on my story the other day. Like, if I have a problem, I'm just going to come to you yes. and like try to be direct. And, and then other people that aren't direct don't know what to do with that and then they think you're not being you're being passive aggressive or something weird and it's not it, right. some people are just this way but there are very few people yes. and so when you're one of them and i'm just very direct and and then people are like whoa she's really out there like she's right. really aggressive you right. know like oh i just i just want to fix it like right. what can we do you know what, 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 just what, like you did yeah right how do we mediate Ugh. anyway sorry, sorry folks i'm prone to rabbit sorry trail. holy spirit was like on that one sorry about that i'll shut up now <laughs> <laughs> anyways um showing a connection link between baffomat and tamus and thoth <laughs> and hermes <clears throat> and as you can see through all the visuals here i show a picture of a sketched version of tamus you can see how he kind of is very similar to cupid um and yes it does connect to saturnalia and then you see the Pope carrying a similar variant of the Caduceus staff. You see that it is Baphomet's manhood. You see that Thoth carries it. You see that Hermes carries it. And the bottom left of the upper slide, you notice that is the um, introduction to TST. That is the Satanic Temple um, logo with the Caduceus staff and the pentagram behind it mm, um, for the abortion clinic. So you're seeing a consistent thing that Satan's avatar is very influential in the church of Satan. Mm -hmm. Just saying. So antichrist is, a, yes, many variants, but always the same core origin story. Yes. And like I said, you can see that symbol on ambulances, 
It all connects. <laughs> I'm a nurse. I almost got this tattooed on me. <laughs> I'm so glad. Like, I don't even know why I didn't, but I'm grateful. So, yes. God, God leads things in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> but one thing I found interesting as well, um, it's Astaroth, or who, what are the symbols of Astaroth? And I saw this little thing with, according to Francis Barrett, Astaroth is the prince of accusers and inquisitors. Mm. In art, in the dictionary Infernal, 1818, Astaroth is depicted as a nude man with feathered wings. Note the wings. Not everything's going to be exactly alike, but again, right. variants see the similarities. Wearing a crown. <laughs> well, you see they're wearing some sort of armament upon their head. Crown, helmet. Holding a serpent in one hand. Checks out. Mm. And riding a beast with a dragon-like wings and a serpent-like tail. Mm. Just saying, that seems to have a little bit of a connotation and a little bit of a flair for the beast in Revelation and what we're seeing with Hermes and Baphomet and Both. And when you understand the origin, core origin story of how the Templars came to be, this is what we get. We see what what, where the... So when people are saying, oh, when they went to... uh, During the Crusades, they went down there and started worshipping Baphomet. It's like, yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. Christ pagan doppelganger. <laughs> and yep. they weren't happy that they were spitting on crosses or whatnot. So what folks, again, I'm going to explain it here because some people might not hear the other podcast. Um, right. But they be- they became the Knights Templar after King Philip of France, I believe. Or it might have been Spain, but I think it was France. That's why I was laughing at the irony. Um, but he went to the Pope and says, you seeing what I'm seeing? Says, this is what the Templars are doing? I said, you got to disband this, guys, because this is, this is apostasy at this high level. So the Pope begrudgingly does it, allegedly. And instead of being completely wiped out, they went underground and formed the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. And this is why you see Templars like President McKinley, uh, Jonathan Rumi from The Chosen, and uh, Alan West from Texas, the guy that was running for uh, governor for a bit. He went. You see a picture of him depicted um, standing in front of a Masonic place. Hmm. So here's some clips of putting it all together. Um, Hermes, the Trez... Try. I'm just going to go Hermes Try because I can never pronounce that. Trismegistus, I think, was that one. I've only because I heard it before. Look at you. <laughs> natural. Only, I'm sorry. That was the only one Medical I know. background. <laughs> that, that's what it is. You guys are always good at the really hard word, pronouncing words. Um, that's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the Greek applied to the Egyptian god Thoth. That's where we get the word thought from. Um, as a reputed author and the source of hermetic writings, works, and revelation on occult and subjects of and theology. So he's no stranger to tapping into theology aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, how was the Egyptian god Thoth born? And according to one story, Thoth was born from the lips of Ra at the beginning of creation and was known as the god without a mother. And another story, Thoth is self-created at the beginning of time and and Ibis lays the cosmic egg that holds all creation. So there's another variation where he was born or Horus was born out of the forehead of Set, as we see over here on the next slide. Um, John Bodsworth, copyright, fair use. Thoth is the Egyptian god of writing, magic, wisdom, and the moon. He is one of the most important gods of the ancient Egypt. Alternatively, said to be self-centered, self-created, or born of the seed of Horus from the forehead of Set. Now, Hermes, Thoth, they're interchangeable. Horus is the same equivalent as all of them. That's what I basically deduced, even though they try to say, oh, is this one? No, just basically they updated it. Well, we need a new name, you know? 
Um, Horus, again, the falcon-headed god, as you can see, is very similar to Thoth or Hermes over here in the upper left. Um, also the IRS, the little hawk logo that we get, or and or eagle, whatever they want to call it, bird of prey. Uh, he has become one of the most commonly used symbols in Egypt, seen on Egyptian airplanes and on hotels and restaurants throughout the land. Horus was the son of Osiris and Isis, the divine child of the holy family triad. Triad. Mm -hmm. I think that has three to do with it. Try. <laughs> um, see over here, uh, bottom left, Masonic author Kenneth R.H. McKenzie tells us that Hermes was also one of the founders of masonry. So my story is thus far mm -hmm. checking out that he had an influence with everything. This connects with what Gary Wayne was putting over here. Mm -hmm. uh, Helena Blotskovitsky. Blavatsky. Yeah, yes. blow, look at you. I love it. I'm just going to point to you and say, say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, only because I've studied it a bunch because I'm a dork. So <laughs> There you go. Links Hermes and Satan together when she writes, Hermes, the god of wisdom, called also mm -hmm. Thoth, Tat, Set, Set, Satan. And that mm -hmm. he was the furthermore, uh, when he viewed under his bad aspect, Typhoon, the Egyptian Satan, who was also Set. So we see a, a, a conglomeration of both a Satanist or a witch mm -hmm. and a Mason and all these other mythologies start merging into one core origin story is that Hermes, Thoth, Horus, they all kind of intermingle and become one deity. Therefore, Tammuz has a little bit more validity as one individual, but many stories affiliated with him. Um, to give a little bit more clarity, a lot of people will equate Ra and all sun gods as one. The only thing I will say is, yes, all sun god equivalents are Tammuz. Only exception to that was Ra, and Ra would therefore be Nimrod. Nim Nimrod, when he died, became Osiris or Osiris, whatever variation of pronunciation you want, um, and arise, arose to become the god of the underworld. And as we keep going, I'll be connecting all of this together. But as you, if you saw my Oreo cookie post... Oh yeah, the Oreo cookie is satanic as... <laughs> Oh. oh yeah, <laughs> so much Masonicism, and I'm connected to it with the family name. You know, nice oh Knights gosh. of Lorraine. Yeah, uh, my father's name was Lorraine. Oh boy, to that. But anyways, definition: Ra, also given as Ray, is the sun god of Egypt. He is one of the oldest deities in the Egyptian pantheon, and was later merged. Note that with others such as Horus becoming Ra Harakati, Harakati, uh, the morning sun. Amun, or Noonday Sun, that might be where we get Amun, Amen, from. Um, and Atom, the evening sun, associated with primal life-giving energy, regeneration again. Um, how was the Egyptian god Thoth born? No, did I repost this? I did! Ah, great, we can skip that slide. Okay. Um, for his presence and the power to reign supreme, the phallic symbols and fire should be lit to honor him. The supposed child of that union is Horus, a.k.a. Tammuz. This is talking about his origins. Um, the reincarnated Nimrod. Semiramis, a.k.a. Nimrod's mother and wife. Yes, he did his own mom, so therefore the term mother comes from that, probably. Uh, uh, Semiramis claimed a full-grown evergreen tree sprang from the roots of a dead tree stump. This symbolized the springing forth of a new life for Nimrod on the anniversary of Nimrod's birth. Allegedly, this one I take with a grain of salt. I think it's more <laughs> so to the Nimrod, but that's just my take. 
Um, but again, with the reincarnation and merging, as we already see with the Roth, Raw, we can see where that might be a possibility. Um, she said that Nimrod would visit the evergreen tree and leave gifts under it. This was the genesis of the Christmas tree and the symbol of Nimrod. This equates to approximately nine months after Easter or the date that Ishtar became pregnant with Tammuz, Nimrod. Now, when we get, was it 40 days of ash and Catholicism mm -hmm. with little T crosses? and Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. The Lent. Uh-huh. That and why they eat pork for 40 days is um, because Tammuz allegedly died on a wild boar hunt and he was killed by said boar. So very Game of Thrones there. Mm -hmm. And um, in memory of him, they would have pork to remember the, him being cut short at the age of 40 in his youth. So remember, people lived forever back then. So that was a very short right. tenure for him. But he was remembered and the Catholic Catholics still worship him. Um, so again, pentagram, pineal gland, witchcraft. Why is that on Baphomet's forehead? Remember, if this is Tammuz, and I put Isaiah 14, 14, that is the verse where I, uh, Satan says, I will become like the most high God. That's ultimately what I would symbolize this with is the mentality is I can become like a God myself. Right. And they're trying to put that with all mankind to accept this ideology. So that's ultimately what the, um, the theology of Satanism is, is that mm -hmm. I can become like a God myself. It never changed. It just adapted. Probably just changed the name like to star. Correct. We will all Correct. become our own stars. Right. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to connect that. You're a, yes. Yes. <laughs> And Mormons um, also believe they will become their own gods and have their own planets, just so you know. Even though somebody told me that was misinformation, I was like, I, I talked to other ones too. They will tell you that because they will. the Mormon church has tried to say it never happened, but it did. And I was taught it as a child. And then they just want to do the whole like Mandela thing and go, no, it didn't. <laughs> right, right. Or they did, they're in yes, auto-denial yeah, despite no, the yeah. visuals you're showing them. Exactly. So it did happen. In Sunday right. school, I learned about it. So <laughs> good to know that you got it from Sunday yes. school. I have verified yes. force as a Sunday source. School. <laughs> um, but is Ezekiel eight, as we can see here, it's, it's the verse where Ezekiel is elaborating on the vision that he had of the abomination that he's seeing in the temple. And he brought me into the inner court of the temple, and behold, at the door of the temple between the porch and the altar were about five and twenty men with their backs towards the temple and their faces towards the east again euphrates and they were worshiping the sun towards the east and ezekiel eight fourteen talks about the women weeping for tammuz this is about a sun god ceremony sun god worship um and again i connect that where it's talking about tammuz or horus to just clarify it for folks and you see the ihs logo the jesuit logo yes yep and that's crypto Jew jewelry is the ones that created that society. Um, you see how it's over here with Isis, Horus, and Set, IHS. That's what that really stands for. You see variation in Israel, um, Osiris, Set, equivalents. So, therefore, it's interchangeable. Hmm. Uh, it's the same person, just different. Right, right. Very different names. Don't believe me. Okay. Well, again, we already did the pine cone one, but you see the similarity now with Dagon fish god temple and the religious mitra hat from babylon and on top of that we'll end with this one until we have to reboot again 
Right. Our <laughs> uh, Sunday services, early believers kept Sunday as the Sabbath until March 7th, 321 CE, when Constantine passed a law requiring believers to worship on Sunday, the day the pagans mm -hmm. worshiped the sun god. Believers still kept Saturday as the Sabbath until another law was passed 11 years later. This law was signed into decree by Constantine, forbid, forbidding believers to worship on the Sabbath or Saturday, and was punishable by death by the Catholic wow. Church. Many believers are burned to death by the Catholic Church for keeping the Sabbath. And again, sun god worship, son of god worship. Sol Invictus became in Helios, Apollo. And what is the term vicar of Christ? The term for the Pope means substitute. That's what vicar translates into. So I'm literally saying I'm replacing Christ while he's gone. That's what that terminology is stating. So when people are saying Constantine was not the first Catholic emperor, hate to break it to you, he's the one that originated our Sunday worship. So we'll pause here. Awesome. Cool. We're back. Hello. Anyway. <laughs> We're working around technical difficulties that try to make me and Brandon not be friends, but we are now. Yeah, fine. <laughs> the devil works. Mm -hmm. Don't like that guy. Um. Anyway, so getting a little bit now to the star aspects of things. Um. We we already kind of mentioned a little bit with the druidism or hinting towards it. Um. Once the synagogue of Satan. Uh, falls to the fell of the true Israelites, which God loves the symbol, will most likely re be replaced by the true Israelite symbol of the menorah, as shown below. Now, personally, I think the new Israel is anybody that believes in Christ. As Galatians 3.28 says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither male or female or bond or slave, but you're all one under Christ Jesus. So I kind of see as the new Israel as being anybody who believes in the Christ and um, his son and the father. Um the star and the practice thereof was condemned um, in Amos 5.26. I think there was another passage, but this is the one that they provide. Um, but ye be born of the tabernacle of your Moloch and your Chion, uh, your images, the star of your God, which he made to yourselves. In Amos 7.43, Stephen the martyr again brings this up. So Old Testament, New Testament. Yea, ye took on the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you beyond Babylon. Again, this connects to Ashtaroth and Baal. It's all interconnecting. It all goes back to Nimrod and how they saw themselves as reincarnated gods of, of old, either a giant or the fallen angel, whatever have you. That's what they were seeing themselves as, and people so still... The, the star of Remphan is... Um the sign of Melchizedek priesthood for Mormons, just so you can have some fun with that. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, because they're not Freemasons. But anyway, I thought you might want to know that. It's fun, they, they're right? always trying to justify things with that. Like they always have another variation, yeah. another version. I'm kind of well, curious who gets paid for the thinking department of this stuff. Mormons are one uppers, so they have to like it's a literal thing. Like they can't just have one hell. They have multiple hells. They can't have one heaven. They have to have right. multiple. It's always something. So I feel like that's their way. So they just have to, you know, right. do that. <laughs> Sorry, Mormons, it. but I do love some of you. <laughs> <laughs> Despite your, your, your misgivings. Not the uppity up, up ones that know what right. we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Same thing with Catholics. Same thing with everything. And that's what mm -hmm. I said. I said, okay. Religion so is corrupt. Yes. I'll sidebar again. Cause that's what we've been doing. But a good sidebar to keep in consideration, folks, is that God does not care about denominations. He cares about your heart. 
proof of this is when he's talking to Nicodemus at night, a guy who's a known Pharisee. He didn't care about his denominational practice. He didn't bash him, didn't turn him away. He answered his questions. And later on, this had such an impact on him after watching Christ's ministry unfold that he came to bury Christ's body broad daylight. And that was forbidden for priests of his sect to do. But he basically said, you know what? I saw this guy. I regret that I didn't, you know, take it, take the bite when I first had the shot. But now I don't even care. I'm will. I care about this man this much Look that at, I'm going to go bury his body. Or Paul. Look at Paul. Like if Jesus yeah. really cared, he definitely wouldn't. We wouldn't have half of the Bible. So there's that. Or things yeah. to gauge by. As it's as as uh, Frank Viola was great with as as a resource tool. Pagan Christianity and um, the untold story of the New Testament. Reading that stuff has really been a reboot for me of wow we've been like nitpicking fun little cherry parts like can you do that yes but at the same time don't miss context context is important but when you understand the organic aspects of the holy spirit and the originating of the church it makes the bible 10 times more exciting and when you do yes. quote something you're like yeah and we see a compare contrast where he also relates this to the church it's not just I'm selecting it to make myself sound good for a sermon. It's no, this is how you encourage the body of Christ with these kinds of words because this is problems that have occurred before. Right. There's a and the one thing that keeps happening over and over and over and over and over is they keep making more temples, more buildings, more religion, more churches, more this, adding more this, that. that. Yep. And we're we're doing church right now. We're right. we're doing church right now. And more. Church can happen. It does, it's not about that. You've got to let go of that. I'm not saying don't be with believers. I'm not saying don't go worship Fellowship. with friends. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm right. not saying that. Some people really need that. There's other people like me. I don't do that anymore because yep. I was hoodwinked once. I'm not doing it again. I spent 34 years of my life in a church. I'm just not going to do that again. You know, I, I totally respect that. Yeah. 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 But I help people and I'll fellowship with anybody, two or more. Yeah. For sure. Yep. But either way, you it's not wrong. I'm just saying like these it's a buildings. Whole episode I could do yeah. either with you or somebody at some point. Yeah, but that's something I'm going to be doing of just a breakdown of the symbology of that. And I'm not going to go into detail yeah, now because we'll really be lost half hour just with yeah. that. But yeah, yeah, it's it's guys, stop focusing on a building. You can still do that yes. without the building. It's yes. a luxury, not a necessity. Yes. Um but in Revelation 3, 9, behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Um, again, when you look up Kazarians or you look up, uh, what's another variation, a Talmudist, mm -hmm. you want to look up the other Israel by Ted Pike. Wonderful little documentary that will wake you up to a lot of passages you're not aware of. So if you're posting this star, I'm laughing my butt off because I know what it symbolizes. And you're saying, yes, God bless. <laughs> if you knew the origins <laughs> and symbology of this stuff, you would not be posting it because it mm -hmm. is not of Christ. Um, anyways, Moloch, Molech, Chion, Remphan, etc. They're all names for pagan star god of Saturn. Uh, the name of... Uh, varies depending on the nation and tongue which the idol was worshipped in the pagan star god of saturn is still strongly being worshipped and idolized amongst the occultists this is why 
when you watch the Josh Monday thing that I just did with the podcast with him, the origins of Crown's recent Halos, you will understand the originating Saturn effect of why that became something in Catholicism, and that traces back to Nimrod's family. Like I said, I'm trying to do chapters, so if you watch all this stuff together, it just makes concise sense. You can quote sources that I'm bringing for you, and you don't sound like a complete nut job. What I try to encourage is that both my slides and inner podcasts that I do is this is stuff you can sit down with your family, pick up the Bible, and verify what I'm saying, or at least pray about it. If 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 you have some cynicism, pray about it. Let the whole like stop before you watch something, and then pray about it. And if anything resonates, cool. I did my job. That's what I'm trying to do: is at least mm-hmm. present something so that you consider it now when you see it on social media or in your everyday life. Um, but to touch on that, this is from Yasser Arafat. Yes, sir. I think. I don't know. But do you know what the meaning of the Israeli flag is? It is white with two blue lines. The two blue lines represent two rivers. And between is Israel, the rivers of the Nile and the river Euphrates. Very interesting. In um, biographies, the Rothschilds claim to be descendants of Nimrod. Hence, the Israeli Supreme Court. Hence, masonry. Hence, they're the ones that created our IRS system via Jacob Schiff on Jekyll Island. There is a reason that they have this symbolism because they know what they're doing and people are completely clueless about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, to connect the Jewish aspect or Kazarian to be more precise um, with accuracy and connecting it to masonry, we have a couple of quotes here. I'm just going to do four. Um, OB Good, MA, the hidden hand of Judah, the influence of the Jewish Sanhedrin is today more powerful ever in Freemasonry. That was in 1936. Rabbi um, Isaac Wise and the Israelite of America, March 8th, 1866. Masonry is a Jewish institution whose history, degrees, charges, password, and explanations are Jewish from the beginning to end. Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, 1906, each lodge is and must be a symbol of Jewish temple. Each master is the chair, a representative of the Jewish king, and every mason, a personification of a Jewish workman. And then lastly, we have the Jewish Tribune, New York, October 1927, and they have Masonry is based on Judaism. Eliminate the teaching of Judaism, and what is there left from the ritual and is, is Masonic. You see the compass and the little lower part right there. That's supposed to represent doggy style. Yeah, it's a very vulgar thing, and it's an inside joke. Exoteric, esoteric. Esoteric, what is hidden. Exoteric is what you see as the common individual. Um, Let's see. Again, just for those verses, if you want to screenshot that, somebody who's watching you can look it up yourself. Got it in Amos and Acts. But then we, like you just brought up with the Mormonism, we see it a whole bunch of cultures and mm-hmm. countries around the world, including the Church of Satan, thinking that it was necessary to use that. Um, so that's something to consider when you see that star, is that it's all over the place. And there's a reason that Babel, when it's separated, there's a symbol that remained in people's memory. So it's very subtly infused, but as long as you're confused and you're duped, that's right where they want you. Because you're well, that's gullible. why there's hidden mystery schools. It's hidden for a reason. They yes. know the things that we do not know, and we aren't invited. Like that's Correct. somebody asked me, well, how how do you find out about where the schools are or whatever? And I'm like, it wouldn't even matter. You're not getting in. 
<laughs> you know, this stuff it's, it's is like, stuff it, it, you would have to That's why they call study. it a club. Exactly. And you're we're not in it. If you're, if you're nominated and selected. Yeah. Like I've had Masons tell me at work, because I told them I'm related to Ben Franklin and um, Albert Pike. And they're like, oh, you could get a real prominent position if we're just having a bloodline like that. And you're I'm like, like no, no. thanks. No, thanks. Like, uh, my I'm soul's good. more important to me than that. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I'm not really it's a good portion of them, but I'm like, I, I would never know. I, 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 I yeah. the idea and concept. Yeah. Um, no disrespect anyway, to anybody that chooses that lifestyle. That's fine. Yes. But as for me, I'm going to keep in my lane. You know, as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you um, knew what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the English Latin noun vates is a term for a prophet. Following in the Latin term, it is the origi uh, origin of the English term ovate for an Irish bard. In pagan Rome, the vates resided on the Vatican Hill, the hill of Vatli, or Vati. Uh, indeed, the Vatican Hill takes its name in the Latin word Vaticanus, or Vaticanus, uh, Verendius, an allusion to the oracle, an allusion to the oracles of Vatish. You can read it yourself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which were anciently delivered from the Vatican Hill. Druids, Vates, or Ovates, the bards represented the three classes of the Celtic priesthood. According to the ancient Greek writers, Druids played the important role of the Celtic society dealing with magic, religious rites, and worship. And again, I took a screenshot from Etsy. You see the sigil of Astroth and the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Same <laughs> pentagram. And Hollywood, mm. you can see right there in Academia EDU, stems from the Druids. Mm -hmm. Again, where did we find out the Semiramis connects to? Pentagram. First yep. witch. So what I'm trying to explain to people, I would, I'm probably create the slide at another point, but I kind of ran short of time. But the good thing, uh, uh, no, a good way to remember this sort of thing is that when Moses was in Egypt and he turned his rod into a snake, that was very powerful because that was representing Hermes, Thoth, and all their god stuff. So when he does this, they can do it too, because they know alchemy. But he basically, God let his snake eat theirs. That was scary mm -hmm. as all heck because they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> we can't We're do that. Give our yeah, stuff we, back. <laughs> right. Give, me back, give her back. Us, yeah, our, our give me my toys. toys back. Yeah. Yeah. And this is very symbolic because this connects to their little god, their the reincarnation thing. So there's a reason why that was the first trick or game that they played with each other. So druids, gradually, as Christianity began to emerge, they were losing their place in, you know, mm -hmm. Babylonia, Persia, and whatnot. So what did they do? They started migrating north with the rest of the tribes. And this is where we get the pagan holidays with Germany and Ireland because they were founded by the druids. Right. So again, and Scotland, right? Scotland as well. No, not as not primarily. So okay. It was. It was it, the heaviest bases <laughs> were Germany and um, Ireland. Okay. Th there was a Scandinavian variation and branch because you can see where the connotations with Odin and Woden mm -hmm. or whatever. There was a connection with that, and again, it variants and stuff like that. Stuff that were already there, but Druids are basically saying, "I am being kicked out, so I need a new place to." <laughs> seep my poison go. into and they were nicknamed <laughs> yeah. snakes because they were advisors into the king's ears and whispering what they should be doing so when St. Patrick is known for Ireland kicking the snakes out of Ireland it's talking about the druids mm -hmm. so they already have a connotation with snakes with their 
association what they were doing. They would manipulate uh, the courts around Europe to their own advantage using alchemy and whatnot. Um, parlor tricks. Originally, uh, in Pagan, the six-pointed star, the hexagram, has been used in Baal worship from the days of Genesis, rebuked in Amos uh, 526. It becomes known as the Seal of Solomon after Solomon married the daughter of a pharaoh built an altar to Ashtaroth, and entered into Baal worship. Since then, the usage has continued in Somalic rituals, in the craft of Freemasonry. Long used in magic and witchcraft, the six-pointed star has been used as the chief symbol of worship to Moloch. In burnt human sacrificial rituals, used by Druids and astrologers, the six-pointed star has been used consistently in the occult, and was used by the occultists, Adolf Hitler. I censored his name because mm-hmm. Instagram was getting crazy with me. Right. Yeah. During yeah. the Holocaust, in more recent times, um, it has become replaced with the seven branch candlestick, which uh, was given to the Israelites in an everlasting covenant. But again, so we now we see where the six comes into play. Now we see where the five comes into play. This is all going to be tracing back to John D. We're getting mm-hmm. there. No, you're good. Um. So the Kabbalah, this connects to it when you fold up a cross. I'm going to be doing another one. Is it Gillian or Gillian? I haven't. I can't pronounce her name because I, so I haven't talked to her. Oh, Gillian. Gillian. Yeah, Gillian is you know, Gillian. Right. Do you know a funny joke, <laughs> Sam? Sam, you know, famous Sam. We won't add the last name uh, of Tinfoil. You know, he calls her Gislaine. <laughs> and now you won't forget it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> You know all these people. I've been trying to message them, and they never answer my emails. I need someone to tell them who I am. Um, well, that one doesn't. I think he might know who I am, but he he hasn't hit me up yet. But I'm after him. Gotcha. <laughs> but I want it to come um, naturally because I'm a female same. and I don't want it to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't really care. But if you, if you're you like, it's care. fine. <laughs> if you have an intellect, I, I'm okay with it. If you're stupid, please go away yeah. from me. That's yeah, basically where I'm at these days. That's why I love podcasting because I can't exactly. talk to people at church like this. That's yeah, where true. we're at. They get scared. <laughs> yes. But anyways, we're going to be doing an episode breaking down the Kabbalah. So think of that as another booklet. Um, Amazing. I, did, I took a whole day great. just composing that. We had to cancel. Um, oh. But we're doing something in January. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Saturday, I was going to say, that's a good one. It is. Yeah. It's it's going. It uh, crosses Catholics and uh, something else. Oh, I'm excited uh, for that. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, Saturn is Moloch and Remfan. Again, Acts 743. The Kabbalistic cross ritual. Uh, that is from the Golden Dawn. Again, Golden Dawn and the Rosicrucians have very close connections to John D. As we get further on, you'll be laughing and being like, oh, so <laughs> that's how they all interconnect. Yes, he's basically exactly. a forefather of the occult is the best way to describe him. Um, the doctrines of Freemasonry are influenced to a great extent by the Roman Catholic doctrine in history. In 1754, the first 25 degrees of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry were written by the Jesuits in the College of Jesuits in Claremont in Paris for the purpose of restoring the power of the Jesuit-controlled House of Stuart to the throne of England. There are a series of degrees in the Masonic York Rite hierarchy known as the Order of Knights Templar. The Nice Templar was an organization founded in 1118 AD. The Templars received papal sanction as a Catholic order, the Order of the Poor Knights of Christ, in 1128 and are recognized as the first Roman Catholic Crusaders. 
The Templars were known as the Militia of Christ. The Jewish character of the Catholic rites of Freemasonry cannot be understated. Albert Pike explains this secret to Masonry in the Doctrinal Bible of Freemasonry, Morals and Dogma. Quote, Masonry is a search for light that leads us directly back, as you see, to the Kabbalah. So I'm not making this up when I'm saying there's an interconnecting link. When you watch my um, spot that I just did with the Wicked Planet with Ron from New England, you're going to be seeing how I connect this all to the um, Ghislaine Maxwell and uh, Epstein Q and all this stuff interconnecting. I connect the Kabbalah, Masonry, the whole shit and caboodle. And when you put it all together, you're like, okay, so that's why we don't get to see the list. Yes. And what they're planning on doing when they do reveal it as when they want to reveal it. Um, going back a little bit to Enoch, I'm not going to read all of that, but you can see here with giants. I'll read this part. A fabulous man-like creature of enormous size from old French. Um, giant, or earlier, giant, giant ogre um, from the vulgar Latin gagatem. Uh Gigas, a giant from uh, Greek. So you Gaia, sons of Gaia and Uranus, eventually destroyed by the gods. The word is unknown of origin, probably the pre-Greek language. Anyways, you get that. I'm stumbling over my words. Well, we have read a lot. Don't don't give him any trouble, people. I've done a lot. I've been one day. But we can see here with Enoch. And is talking about, and now the giants who are produced from the spirits of flesh shall be called evil spirits, demons upon the earth, and on the earth shall their dwelling. If you continue along, I believe it's the same chapter. It talks about when the giants are going to be slain. It's basically scolding the angels and saying, and when their bodies are slain, they're not going to come and visit you for visiting hours. They're not coming up here because they're an abominable offspring that you created. They're going to roam the earth for 70 generations until the time of the end. How does that connect? Well, listen to the Cryptid Warfare podcast and you'll find that out. Um, (laughs) It's not, it's, yeah. (laughs) I I think it's a pretty solid, plausible case, but again, I don't know everything. I'm just laying what God lays on my heart because again, like you said, being a nerd, you read a lot, you research a lot, compare contrast, and you kind of see, oh, it's a plausible trajectory. That's why I tell everybody, I said, I'm I'm basically the um, statistics and analysis for um well we're the philosophers of our day like back in the olden days they would have had a place for us to be but here we are now and i wouldn't have been allowed in but (laughs) i'm a girl but it's it's true it's like the people that are searchers of truth i mean not everyone can do like you said okay i can i can skim a book really good okay right. and quickly right and i can do certain things with research that i've taught myself that doesn't come just like that you know you have to right. try hard um, the right exactly but some people can't do that and so that's what we're trying to help with basically mm-hmm. so and that's why i told people i said i feel like a, Mar- a paul on mars hill because what <laughs> what do we get with paul paul was a guy that was entrenched with i know my i know my torah Right. And then what happens is basically, yeah, and now that you understand that, I'm going to utilize that because I know you're really freaking smart. So now you're going to dumb it down to all these other philosophers yeah. uh, what to consider. And they're at least going, you know what? You're so smart. Tell me something. Right. You know? Yeah, tell and me something. credentials to do that. Right. Uh, 
So again, and as many people that are um, with Christ doing that, how many are without Christ doing that? You have to be so careful, you know. You have, well, you have to access the Holy Spirit, and that's why yes. I'm telling people there's if you understand what Holy Spirit is, you understand church. You yes. understand your purpose and it's your here. play. If you yeah. do not understand Holy Spirit, you might be doing you're speaking mm-hmm. words. But it's just a word salad. You're not. You're being like a controlled opposition. Yep. You're not really yes. giving me any meat of how I'm supposed to invest and how I get into the fight. There's a big difference. Yes, um, one hundred. So I'm going to try to read both of these. Bit of a, a bit of a mouthy piece, but when people are saying, "Oh, Enoch is just some kind of apocrypha book," there's no reference to it. A lot of smart. I had one guy tell me, <laughs> "A lot of smart people have already debunked it as not a valid book." And I said, oh, "Okay." Wow. So you're- you're going to trust other people as your CDC as a source, <laughs> as opposed to doing it yourself. I love it. That's what you're telling yes. me right now. Right. And again, this is comment section, so I'm laughing. I'm just like, okay. That was cute. That fun with that young <laughs> woman. Uh, um, I'm offering you books for compare contrast, right. but it's basically, I'm just going to read the last part, make you're it very good. concise, but you can look it up in Matthew 22, 23, and 30. You do, you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of the Holy Father. For in the resurrection, there is neither married nor given in marriage, but there are in the angels of the Holy Father in heaven. Now, ironically, this has a very, you know, how Christ is constantly quoting a lot of times the old prophets in the Old Testament. Well, just so happens, one Enoch, the original Enoch, has a quote that's similar. It says, but you were formerly spiritual, living the eternal life and immortal for all generations of the world. And therefore, I have not appointed unto you wives for the spiritual ones in heaven, and heaven is their dwelling. You don't need one. So that's what I'm saying is, so if we're, if, you know, we get Genesis 6, 4, behold, uh, sorry, they, uh, the sons of God came down and had affairs with daughters of men. Then we get over into John, 1 John or something like that. It says, behold, what manner of the love of the father that what? We should be called the sons of God. Sounds to me, when you apply this, what Christ was quoting we're replacing them. And this is why we wouldn't need that because what were the new watchers, the new ones that are replacing the old council that proved disloyalty with their actions. Then you get the ones now, especially in the last day, especially that are bringing up the torches of saying, no, this is wrong. And we need to reexamine if we're in the faith. Right. Reason Paul wrote that phrase. Well, and the Bible is the living word. People really need to understand that. I've heard people say, oh, I've read it before or this or that. You, you have to understand that how I read the Bible now versus how I read the Bible for 34 years of my life yes. is a lot different. I will pray and I will think about something and I will open that and it will have a message for me, you know, yes. and and I'm not saying you have to do it that way. I'm just telling you, like, you might be surprised if you reopen your what mind. You yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for me, I read it's again, it's one of those passages you just skimp over. But, but mm-hmm. I came to Luke twenty two, thirty two. It's one of my life verses, is that when you're ready, Peter, turn around, strengthen the brethren. Yes. And I'm like, Yeah, I get that. And that's why again I like working with kids, especially because especially teens, because teens are starting to get their brain gear working. So I have a hard time with adolescent, but once the teens start thinking, they start asking questions. And I love that because it's somebody like I was left adrift. So right. when I can help somebody get intellectual gears going, like look into that. It's or, the or, time. Or, it's the time before somebody. You know, I I was on with um somebody. I can't. Rem- I'm like you. I'm on a lot of things. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, somebody said, 
I think it was ghost, but they said, okay, um, kids learn, they draw a flower. And then the teacher would come every day and say, no, flowers are only red. And then they would draw a flower and the teacher would do this again and again. And eventually the kid changed schools and got a new teacher and he only drew red flowers. And the new teacher said, you know, flowers come in lots of other colors. And he said, no, flowers are only red. That you hit them before that solidified in their mind about, right. about wrong. Like they'll ask the questions that are stupid or weird or whatever. And that's why they related to you because you're an intellectual where you want to answer that yes. because you, you want to have a talk about it. Right. Yes. Everything's is open yeah. for debate. As long as you try to um, <laughs> formulate it with logic, yeah. you know, Yep. If you, if, I because I had one kid when I was doing counseling at camp, he said he wanted to talk to me. His name was Nick goofball. Very smart kid though. Mm -hmm. I loved him immensely. And, um, Kind of was getting a little rambunctious, but he said he wanted to talk to me. I was like, all right, so we, we're going to do devotional first, then we're going to talk. So after we were done, we go out on the porch, and I said, all right, what do you want to talk about? And he says, I'll be honest with you, I was just saying that as a joke. I didn't really have anything serious to say. But <laughs> after that devotional, I actually want to ask you some questions. And we had a good chat for like 20 minutes about life decisions and things that he could do and start implementing it to his life. And I was like, thank you, God. That's what it's all worth it. Yeah. You know? Yes. That, we can make it worth be, it for people, right? Right. Like right resonating and then it has a domino effect and that's yes. what i like about camp too is that a lot of a lot of times i see the pounders i can't tell mom and dad because it feels weird right. and awkward i'm at that stage but i can tell you and i'll never see you probably for the rest of my life but i got it off my chest yeah and now i'm a new person you know and he trusted you in confidence you know right. like that right. so it's I, somebody I they one can that trust. was giving me yeah he was giving me a hard time and i said listen i know you i'm not like some guy called Josh was named the counselor the previous year and he's nicknamed Island boy because he was from some random islands out in the um, Pacific. And he was giving me, he's sitting on the top bunk and he's giving me this little crap and stuff like that. And I said, listen, I know I may not be cool as him. I said, I'm not here for popularity. So mm -hmm. you're being a stick in the mud. We're supposed to go to an event and blah, blah, blah. And he said, I don't really have time for this. And what's on, what, what's going on right now? And eventually I prodded him enough. He opened up, talked about how his dad was very controlling yada, yada. And I helped, I walked him through it, talked him All to right. it. And later on that evening, we were going into chapel and his sister comes over and says, what did you say to my brother? And I'm like, Aww. why? And she says, because he's actually smiling. He hasn't been smiling for the first couple of days here at camp. Wow. And I said, we just had a chat. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't well, need to go into detail because it was in yeah, confidence. But I helped, him, yeah. right, yeah. I helped him now start to enjoy it. And I, again, I had to be a little bit mean and tough to him. Right. But I'm like, listen, I'm not here for popularity, but you're being, you're annoying me. <laughs> right. Well, and the I'm fact is, it's fun for you. We're all <laughs> tiptoeing so much in society now. We're all so afraid to offend anyone. We're all so afraid because everyone has, like, it says in the Bible, what we are not to be offended easily. Okay. There's a reason for that. If you're trying to teach someone something, it's not always something you want to know or people don't want to learn or whatever. Right. But nowadays right. you almost are restricted to the point where you can't breathe on it, you know? Right. And that's why I think podcasting is so great because you can, and people can turn it. That's okay too. Right. You know, like, yeah. like what can we do? You know, but at uh, least you're yeah, trying. I, I, I was just happy. I'm like, great. I'm glad yeah. you're having fun. I don't care about, I mean, if you want Amazing. to open up again, but I mean, we never had to chat about it again. When I saw my church, he was from my church and I was like, I, I never brought it up again. I, I don't, I'm not here to embarrass you. Like, I understand right. you need to get it off your chest. I get it. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, um, that's what people need. Yep. Yeah. But anyways, Jesus is cons- uh, considered it scripture, Enoch. Uh, the fact that Jesus quoted from Enoch as scripture is reason enough to consider the book of Enoch as legitimate scripture. Uh, Yeshua used it to refute and correct the Sadducees about marriage and the afterlife. Enoch is quoted over a hundred times in the New Testament. The book of Enoch is the most quoted book in the Bible and has over a hundred quotes in the New Testament alone. It was found among the Dead Sea Scrolls. Fragments of the Old Testament books were discovered, all except the book of Esther. Uh, books of Jubilees and the Testaments of the Patriarchs, uh, Targums, and many other parts were part of the collection. Many of these books were explained. The Melchizedek priest give proper context for the misunderstood texts. Uh, ten fragments of the Book of Enoch were also discovered. Now, what I this is something that God laid on my heart because again I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Jeremiah I love him I I, I want to meet him when we get to heaven because I, I I I have his heart I have his heart that I I sympathize and relate to but in that I was noticing that there was an Ethiopian eunuch mentioned in Jeremiah 38 and a lot of people are saying well you know Enoch's not valid and you know well, it was found among the Dead Sea Scrolls for one and a second right. copy was found in Ethiopia how was that possible well Jeremiah 38 talking about the ethiopian eunuch and a bid something and he helps helps him while he's in jail and then eventually he leaves before this the siege by the babylonians quite possible that he grabs some t- sacred texts before leaving is it not and again fast forward to the new testament the story is kind of irrelevant when you think about it but all of a sudden Acts 8, 26 through 40, when we're getting Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch reading from the scroll of Isaiah, there's a now a little bit of a connection Ta-da. to the Ethiopian <laughs> trying to understand the word. And this book happens to be preserved. I'm just saying there's a very possible connection. So otherwise that story doesn't necessarily have to be told to us, but it was thrown in there for a mm-hmm. reason. Well, Again, and John D burns all of his works and they turned up under a tree and that was with fallen angel magic right. so what can god do right yeah i mean just saying he's, he's, got, his, <laughs> he's got his resources too yes people. yes um but a lot of the early church fathers contrary to the modern theologians that debunked it considered it canon as well um concepts that the only way that enoch makes sense is the rebellion of satan and his angels who sinned the creation of the nephilim giants origin of demons uh, Christ's teachings in Matthew 22, 29-30, and the biblical underworld, Sheol, Christ's teaching mm-hmm. in Luke 16, 19 through 31. Um, let's see. We got five more minutes, so I can yeah. finish this one and then we can reboot. Okay. Um there each is each one of these 40 minutes? Uh I don't I think they're short. I was gonna I say because it's like I think they changed it. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm going like this is gonna no be a worries. Podcast. Like I said, I don't have another one. I don't do that. So, <laughs> okay. um, the Book of Enoch with biblical references. First Enoch in chapter 19, and then you can, if you if you want to, folks, screenshot it. I'm not gonna read them all, but you can screenshot it, look it up for yourself. That's the reason why I presented these slides. Took me all day to do this, so just letting Thank you, you know. Thank you so much. You're <laughs> Um. Also for said followers, uh, the angels that sinned in Genesis six parallel first Enoch chapter six, the Noah fragment by R.H. Charles is translated. And they were all um, in all 200 who descended in the, in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon again, coordinates 33. And they called it Mount Hermon 
excuse me, because they had sworn abound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. Sorry. Um, and another significance is that in Hebrew, Herman translates to forbidden or cursed. And it's very likely, contrary to what the Roman Catholic Church is telling us, is that upon this rock, I will build my church. He was not talking to Peter. He was talking about Mount Hermon. And that was actually where they were standing. And he kind of looked at it and says, you guys hearing this? I am building my kingdom starting right here <laughs> where you guys started it. Yep. And these are going to be the disciples that get this thing going and off the ground. Do you guys hear me? That's basically was it was alleged to be a gateway to hell. And if you look up there now, it is the UN's tallest mm -hmm. military base. And it has nice. a star of chaos in front. Yes. Game, set, match, people. Yes. Um, and there's tons of the pentagrams on a ton of the LDS churches as well as the Star of Rampham. So that's yes. super fun. <laughs> I just like to all, put it okay. back to that since people may not know that <laughs> yeah well basically if you're catholic look here if you're mormon mm -hmm. look there mm -hmm. we're just presenting to where it all yes. originated from and validating yeah it's in the bible it checks out i'm giving you proof and i'm giving you things yep. to consider if you believe it you're going to start seeing yep. it in your everyday world i have people telling me that dude it's i'm like yeah i'm like Rain Man <laughs> over the store i see somebody mm -hmm. walk by with a shirt and i'm like you have no idea what you're wearing i see jewelry Oh my yep. gosh, you knew what that meant. I see a logo. Oh, no, no, no. that is what it's like when you're awake, people. Mm -hmm. And it's or, good. How about watching a movie? That's the word. Oh, oh it ruins everything. It's crazy. It's and crazy. Not, not like, ruins because no. I try to put it back in perspective, but it is really difficult. Yeah. You know, oh, That's, when you're awake, you're aware. And when you're aware, it's a little rough. You can't even eat a damn cookie. <laughs> My sense oh. was heartbroken when I showed him that. I said, "Dude, on top of that, they're bioengineered." Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so just what gave you? What gave you the thought? The Crisco-like filling? <laughs> no. Right? I think they care about your health and your belly. Uh, definitely no, not. Definitely. Part two coming soon.